Effective Living with Reverend Henry Hubert. May you be blessed as you listen. Now, the message. Lord, you I want to preach on what I title Managing the Increase. Managing the Increase. We'll read from John chapter 6. He says that after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover of the feast was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing the great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that this may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he divided them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing is lost. Amen. Yeah, so I'll be preaching from verse 12. From verse 1 up to 10, we have studied a lot about it during the crossover service. And um, the message is still there on Facebook Live. You can always go watch it over and over if you think you need that. But we see a miracle happened. What was the miracle? What was the miracle? The miracle that happened is that Jesus took five barley loaves and two fish, and by a miracle, those five loaves of bread and two fish fed close to 20,000 people. Because it said 5,000 men. And when you add the women and add the children, you are looking at between 15 to 20,000 people. It was a miracle, it was outrageous. Everybody who testify that this is unimaginable and unbelievable. And it is a real, 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 inexplainable miracle that happened. Bible said everybody ate and was satisfied. That means they ate till they couldn't eat anymore. They couldn't eat anymore. Everybody was full. And anytime you see outrageous abundance, excessive abundance, you will be tempted to treat it in a particular way. But Jesus did something that brings to mind the need for us to be very, 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 very reasonable this year with everything God is about to do in our lives. He says, so when they were filled. In other words, when everybody was satisfied, what did Jesus say to the disciples? He says what? Gather up the fragment, in other words, the leftover food that remain so that nothing is what? I want us to read the NIV version of verse 12. Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be what? Wasted. Let nothing be what? Wasted. Let's read the Amplified Version. When they had all had enough, he said to the disciples, gather up now the fragments, the broken pieces that are left over, so that nothing may be lost and wasted. So Jesus was teaching a very important management principle right there for Christians, for Christians. Jesus made that statement deliberately 
because he knew the disciples needed to learn an important lesson right there. And by extension, all his followers, and for that matter, as Christians, to learn an important principle right there, that the fact that God is moving in your life, the fact that God is working miracles in your life, the fact that God is going to do a lot of supernatural work does not mean you can just live anyhow. Increase will be beneficial to people who learn how to manage. People who will enjoy maximum impact of the team for this year are people who understand and value the place of managing resources, managing opportunity, managing the flow of the supernatural, the manifestation of the supernatural. What does it mean to manage? To manage means making sure that you put all resources at your disposal into work in a way and manner that your goals can be achieved. Putting people, resources, time, and equipment together to achieve personal goals, organizational goals, that is management. A manager is someone who wants to make maximum results out of li limited resources at his disposal by combining human efforts and all other resources at his disposal. When we talk about management, we are looking at four important words. And if you are making notes, I want you to write them down. If you are talking about management, we are looking at an important word like directing. Another important word is planning. Another important word is organizing. And the last important word is monitoring. You must know how to direct your life. You must know how to plan your life. You must know how to organize. And you must know how to monitor. If you must be a good manager anywhere, you must know how to direct. Directing means that you must have direction. There must be direction to your life. You see, I was telling somebody yesterday on the phone, the word increase is not definite. The word increase is not definite. So what is the meaning of increase to you? In fact, as I'm talking out, some people have not even given it any definition. Oh, it's a year of increase. How much increase do you want? And where do you want that increase? You know, this means that by the end of this year, we will not all be at the same level of increase. Never. We are going to be at different levels of increase. In fact, some people have negative increase. In other words, decrease. You know, decrease is also an increase. Only that it is an increase in the wrong direction. So when you don't have direction for your life, you can see increase. But the increase will be in the wrong direction. Is somebody with me this morning? Yes. So increase begins with giving it a definition. How much do you want? God said to Abraham, as far as you can see, I'll give it to you. And so it's time for you to take your pen and paper and ask yourself, what does increase really mean for me this year? Hallelujah. In your personal life, in your spiritual life, there has to be increase. Hallelujah. In your finances, there has to be increase. In your business, that is if you are a business person, there has to be increase. But how much increase are you looking at in your business? Hello? Yeah. How much increase are you looking at in your finances? How much increase are you looking at? Even in your health. Hello? Yeah. So there has to be direction. Everybody say direction. Yeah. There has to be direction. Now Jesus was teaching the disciples and he said, gather up the fragments. The broken pieces that are left over so that nothing may be lost and wasted. The important lesson Jesus was teaching there is that Christians must learn to be very responsible in the way they live their lives. Amen. Responsible people avoid waste. 
Turn to your neighbor and tell him, avoid waste. Now, 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 the fact that God is providing does not mean waste it. I think we can close the service today. I think we can close the service. The fact that God worked a miracle today does not mean what? Waste it. Oh, God will do it again and again and again. Yes, he will do it again and again and again, but not for everybody. He does it again and again and again for people who manage what he did today. And there are many Christians who live irresponsibly, frivolously, and just blow every opportunity that comes their way. God will open doors. They will mess it up. God will open doors. They will mess it up. You are praying for a married partner. A nice person comes. You misbehave. And he goes and you blame witches. You are praying for God to prosper you. He brought a very prospective customer. But your irresponsible lifestyle. God brought customers that will make you wealthy in millions by your irresponsible lifestyle drove them away. You cannot blame the, de the devil for that. One of the things that Jesus was teaching from this scripture is that God is not a magician. God is not a magician. How many of you have been to a magic show before? I have been several times. The purpose of magic is for entertainment. It is not to solve a problem. It is not to meet needs. The purpose of magic is entertainment. God doesn't work magic because he's not an entertainer. God is a problem solver. Every door God opens in your life, he has a purpose for it. Every blessing God brings into your life, there is a purpose for it. Every penny that come into your hands. There is a purpose for it. In fact, your life now, that you are not dead, there is a purpose for it. Even your own life, you cannot waste it. You cannot waste your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. God is not a magician. To everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose. Listen, if you miss the purpose, huh, you've missed the blessing. Everything God opened up to come into your hands, he has a purpose for it. So God doesn't give to you for the sake of it. That is why you must never take for granted what God gives you. Let me say that again. Never take for granted anything God does in your life. Anything he brings into your hands. Any blessing, any opportunity, any favor. Anything God does in your life, never take it for granted. Why? Because he has a purpose for it. And when you take the blessings of God for granted, what happens is that you become ungrateful and you waste the purpose. You waste the resources. And go back to God tomorrow to ask again and again and again and again. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, let nothing be lost or wasted. In other words, the fact that there was a miracle and we are eating, we are full. You know, I've come to realize that one of the very important assessments of people's intelligence is how they manage excess. How they manage what? Excess. You see, many people here, when things are in shortage, they can manage it. But give them excess. You see, you can give two small things of rice to a poor person. He'll manage it through the week. Give him a bag of rice. He can finish it during the same one week. Because the real test of your managerial skills is not when you have limited resources. It's when you have excess. When you have excess. That you have plenty money, but you can still live moderately and find good use for the money. You see why people, when they are poor, they are very faithful to God, all right, until they become rich, and they become uncontrollable. You know, you know, there are people who are very faithful to their wives when they are poor. In fact, there are people now, as I'm talking, their wives are praying that they should not be rich. 
I'm just telling some of you men the secret prayers of your wife. Because the kind of life you live. Now, you don't stay home again. You don't have time again. You will waste the money with girls because you don't understand why God is blessing you. Talk to me. Some of the wealthiest people in the world. How many wives does Mark Zuckerberg have? How many? So what is wrong with you men? Listen, it is not by accident that Warren Buffett has one wife. It's not by accident. And tell you what, some of those guys don't play with girls because they will be blackmailed. If they have secret girlfriends, it, it will blow up. So some of you, you can't be wealthy because God can't trust you. You don't have self-control. One devilish girl will take all your money. One devilish girl will love you until you are inside. And then he starts blackmailing you. He says, send $100,000 to my account. I'll send all this to your wife. I'll send all this to your wife. If you don't know the purpose of a thing, you abuse it, isn't it? God hates waste. Do you know why the Bible said that? Ask, and then it will be given to you. Because God doesn't want to give you things that you don't want. <laughs> God is a giver. He's a loving God. But he said, you ask for it. Because he doesn't want to waste things. Yeah. Ask and what? It shall be given. And sometimes, even when we ask, there are things when you ask, you give you. There are things when you ask, he won't give it to you quickly. You know why? Because it's so precious. He wants you to value it. He wants you to what? So he will delay the thing from coming. To, to make you put value on it. So that when he gives it, you treat it well. That is for married people. You know, the way some of you, after you marry, you forget how you used to cry in your room alone. How you used to pray, Eradie. Eradie. You forget quickly the lonely nights. How you used to grab your pillow when you are sleeping. Now you are married. You look at your spouse. And say, so what did I, what made me even? <laughs> because when you don't value something, you won't treat it well. You will waste it. And most of the time, the reason why we waste is because we believe God will give again. But it's not like that. Isaiah 44 verse 3. Isaiah 44 verse 3. He said, for, I, let's read it together. Ready, go. For I will pour water. On him who is, all right. No, let's, let me just talk about that one. I'll pour water on him who is what? God said, anytime I want to give water to people, I don't give it to everybody. I give it to who? Uh -huh. Why? Value. You see, water is very valueless to somebody who is not thirsty. So God said, I'll give water. To a thirsty person. You see, when the person drinks, you know, you know, you know what it means on a hot, you know, whether you have been so dehydrated and you are thirsty, and then you get a very chilled bottled water after you drank. You know how you feel. God wants to bless you with what you value. And the reason is so that you will not waste it. So when God cannot trust you. To manage resources. He cannot give you much. There are people God can't give much because he can't trust you. You waste things. You know, I was thinking to myself yesterday night. I said, do you know poor people waste money more than rich people? Oh, if you, if you don't know yet, conduct a survey. Poor people, they waste more money than rich people. One day I was traveling somewhere with somebody. Said. I gave him a hundred CDs note. You know, normally when I'm traveling, I don't like controlling people's life. Because I asked the person to escort me. So I said, take this hundred. Anything you want to buy on the way, buy. Oh, why are you laughing? Isn't that a good thing? I don't like traveling with people and when we get somewhere, what will you eat? Then I buy for you. No, 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 no. I give him money. Especially if the person is an elderly person. If he's a child, I can do that. So my children, no, I don't give them money. That journey I did. I bought fuel. I think I bought fuel around 300 Ghana cities for the trip in and out. We're going somewhere in the southern part. When we returned, I dropped 
This man, don't be imagining who I'm talking about, because the person is not in this church. If the person was in this church, I will never share the testimony. Because there are people in this church, when you start talking, they say, oh, I know who he's talking about. When we close, they will call you. They say, you know the person? Oh, I know. There are people who only use their brains to figure out what is not real. So I've just issued a disclaimer. The person is not somebody you know. But I, I want to tell you an important lesson today. We came back and I said, okay, thanks for the time and everything. And then he said, oh, um, I'll give you some money for taxi to go home. And I said, oh, okay, sorry, I forgot. So I gave him money to go home. But before I gave him the money, I said, oh, so the hundred, is it finished? He said, yes, it's finished. And I said, okay, so I gave him money to take taxi home. So I, I was driving to the house and I was saying to myself, that whole journey, I spent just about 40 Ghana cities. I mean, on food, water, and other things throughout the journey, I spent like 40 cities. <laughs> you see, if you give 100 CDs to a poor person, he'll look at it and say, what is this? In an hour, he'll finish it. Give 100 CDs to a rich man, he'll first think, what profit can I make on this? Which part can I spend? Which part can I save? What profit can I make on the 100 before? You see, poor people waste more than rich people. I want to suggest to you, the reason why some people are poor is because of waste. There are people, every time you meet them, they don't have money. Every time they don't have money. Give them a million today. Tomorrow when you meet them, I don't have money. And the question is, where is the money going? Because the people you meet who have money, it is not that they don't have things to waste it on. But it's because they are intelligent. Jesus said there will be miracles this year. Amen. There will be supernatural provisions. Amen. But it is for those who want to waste it. If you are a wasteful person, you will remain like that because it will come and flow through your hands and go to the rich people. Yeah. It is said that if you share the wealth of the world equally to all people in less than a year, all the wealth will leave the poor people and go back to the rich people in less than a year. Because being rich is a lifestyle. Being poor is also what? A lifestyle. This year, I want you to learn how to manage resources well. Not only money, manage people well. Sometimes, when you pray for money, God will not bring you cash. He will bring you people. People are wealth in disguise. God will bring you people. One person can walk to your shop and change your life. How you treated that person. One person can step into your business and change your life. And stop driving people away with your bad attitude, bad character, your fraudulent behaviors in the name of Christianity. You know, stop being dishonest. Manage opportunities well. Opportunities don't come with an announcement. It comes like that. You must be discerning enough to know this opportunity is mine. When David got to the battlefield and saw Goliath, he didn't hear a voice saying, my son David, this is your day. This is your chance. It was David who saw that, no, what an opportunity to live the bush taking care of sheep and have a better life. David, David did the proper assessment on the situation. In the first place, nobody is willing to stand the guy. So competition is zero. Absolute monopoly. One way to know is your opportunity most of the time is that the competition is minimal or completely absent. Sometimes it's not good to worry your energy in place of competition. David said, this is, this is it. This is my chance. If I can take this guy down, my life will change. He took the risk. He prepared for it. He went with a sense of mission. I am going to kill this man and change my life. He didn't just go to just show off that he's strong. No, he knew it. He advised himself before he went. said, David, he called himself, David, this is your chance. You may never have this chance again. And the man is very strong. If you play, he'll kill you. Go with what you have. Trust God. Believe God. You have no idea the things David was doing when he was going. You have no idea how many hours he prayed, how many days he fasted. 
and how much training he did. He said, I'm very good, but that guy is life and death matter. Let me go and train again. I'm sure the whole night he was training. And he took five stones and said, I, before that guy can throw one javelin, I can throw five stones. So let me go with five. David said to Goliath, I'll kill you today and i take off your head. He had everything planned in the mind. When the man fell down, the first thing he did, he ran and took the man's sword and cut off his head. He had it planned. He was not thinking, what should I do? And the man fell. He said, hey, no, no, a champion. Champion, champion. No, 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 no. <laughs> because when a man falls, he can rise up. When Joseph heard that Pharaoh wants to see you, and he said, what is it about? He said, he had a dream. Nobody can interpret. He said, oh, praise the Lord. Joseph told himself, I'm not going back to this prison. No matter what it is, there must be something must happen. Take advantage of opportunity. If Joseph had missed it that day, I'm sure he would have died in prison. He wouldn't have gotten another chance again. He, he lived all his life waiting for that one opportunity. And there are many people under the sound of my voice. I prophesy to you this year, that one opportunity is going to come your way. And may, you not, may you not mess it up. May you not mess it up speaking in tongues. You know, sometimes people are so spiritual, they lose their sense of reasoning. That one time opportunity will change your life from poverty to a multimillionaire. May it come to you this year. In the name of Jesus, you must know how to manage opportunity, manage resources, manage provision. God is a miracle worker, but it doesn't mean miracles happen every day. It doesn't mean it happens every time. It doesn't mean it happens every time. And so when it happens, you must know how to make the best of it. How to make the best. Somebody say how to make the best. Yeah, you must make the best of it. You must make the best of opportunity. I pray for somebody this morning in the name of Jesus that the, of the next opportunity coming your way, you will make the best of it. In the name of Jesus, you will make the best of it. How much God will bring next depends on what you did with what he brought today. Let me say that again. How much God will bring tomorrow depends on how you managed well what he brought today. So if there is any work I believe we need to do as Christians this year, learn how to manage your life. Manage your life. If you can't manage your own life, how can you manage a multi-million organization? Your own life is going helter-skelter. You don't know where your life is going. You don't know. But you just live anyhow. No planning. Next Sunday, I'm going to be talking about planning. No planning. No organizing. Your business is just as the Lord leads. Please, business doesn't run on as the Lord leads. It doesn't happen that way. There has to be proper management. For a business to grow from little to great, there has to be proper man. If God is bringing increase to your business, you have to be involved. That's what I'm talking about. You have to be involved. How you manage resources, how you manage the people working with you, how you manage the profits that are coming, how you manage everything, your customers. You know, in corporate organizations, they have something they call customer relationship management. Even customers have to be managed well. In, because customers make the business. You don't have customers, you are not in business. We believers, we don't believe in that. We believe in tongue speaking. But after you spoke in tongues, you drive all your customers away. After speaking in tongues, 40 days of fasting, all the young ladies that come close to you, you drove them away by your bad behavior. Sometimes even your eating habit is driving ladies away from you. Your eating, the way you eat. It's too scary. You can't even manage your life to the extent of eating like a gentleman. Increase is coming. But it will increase, will get maximum to people who can manage things well, who can manage well. The purpose of management is to prevent waste. That means your prosperity is not in how much you earn. Well, give me breakthrough, give me breakthrough, give me breakthrough. That's not where the prosperity is. A prosperity is in how much you are able to save and invest. So this year I can say somebody's going to earn 10,000 every month. At the end of the year, he saved nothing. But out of that 10,000, some went to girls, a lot of girls. 
Some went to wasted things, things you don't need, you are buying to prove a point. Somebody bought a new phone, oh, I must buy a new phone. Somebody went to do the hair, oh, <laughs> I can also do. I have a problem with people who can live their own lives. You always want people to set an agenda for you. Why? Why can't you be happy with yourself? I mean, if you must do hair, do it for you. Do it for you. Not that, oh, somebody did it. Eh. He wants, he wants to challenge me, eh? He wants to, he, look, he, look. Okay, I'll show him that me, I can do it more then. So people are wasting money to compete. You know, you are seriously competing with somebody who, who is not even looking your way. The person is just living his life. Oh, it's a sad thing. It's a sad thing. Don't buy a car because somebody has bought a car. Don't buy a car to catch up with somebody. God is not in it. Don't buy a shoe. Because you want to beat somebody to it. That's how we waste all the money. Don't go anywhere trying to prove a point. Ah, see how all these small, small boys are spreading money. Let me show them that the big boy is around. You know who is the real small boy? Is you. The real small boy who wants to show that big boy is you. Don't waste money. Don't promise people things you cannot do. Direct money to very profitable use. And for God's sake, for God's sake, before you clap, for God's sake, don't try to please anybody because nobody will be satisfied with what you do. This year, help people be very intentional about it. Be purposeful and understand the need for it. Let me say that again. If you are helping people, see the need for that help. Because sometimes people come to you for help and you'll be asking yourself, who need to help who? Because the person who's coming to ask you for help, the hair she's wearing is more expensive than your wife's hair. Because poor people will always waste. Oh, yeah. She wants help from you. But the shoe he's wearing before he's coming for that. In fact, the phone he's, used, he's holding tells you that he should help you. And I tell many, many people are not smart at all. You are not, sometimes people, I guess you are not smart. Yes, you are going to ask somebody for help. The phone you are holding, look at the man's phone. And ask yourself, are you sensible to be going to ask for help from such a man? Because sometimes you see people living purposefully for better ends. Sometimes people delay gratification. People delay things that they could do for themselves. But because they want to solve other more important problems. Parents hold on to certain things because they want to take care of their children well. Okay? Yes. So sometimes you can see a rich person living a simple life. Simple watch, simple dress. He's not stupid. He's not stupid. He's being very smart and, and sensible. And good life does not always mean expensive life. A good life is not always an expensive one. Sometimes you have to live moderate because of tomorrow. If you wake up and all you have to, to eat is something simple, what is wrong with that? It doesn't mean you are not rich. You can't have to prove that you are rich by the kind of food you eat, by the dress you wear, by everything. No! That is not life. Sometimes you have to keep driving that small car for now. Because you are thinking about two years from now, two of your children will be in the university. This and that. You see, people are planning. And then you just walk in with your wasteful life. Your wasteful, irresponsible life. And then you think that People are stupid for having money. So they should give it to you so that you waste it anyhow you like. And when they don't give you, you are angry. You are angry that somebody didn't give you his money, not your money. If it is that easy to give, you to go and work and give people and let us see. Show us how to do it. Show us how to do it. Don't only be insulting people. Show us how to do it. There are people you meet, they've never taken care of anybody before, but every day they are insulting people. Hallelujah. Yeah. Before you insult somebody for not taking care of people, show me. How many people are you taking care of? So increase is coming. But manage it well. You know, I was thinking to myself that even in every house, go and check. The people who leave the light on and go out, the people who leave the fan on and go out are the ones who are not paying the light bill. 
Most of them are here. The, the, the young guys. The young guys. They will leave the TV on, leave the radio on, leave the light on, leave the fan on. And they are gone out. Who cares? That you buy. And the day there is shortage of credit, when they come around, they are like, how? That's the first question they ask. How? But in a house, the person who pays the bill, check. They always put off everything. They will put off everything. They never forget the iron on and go to town and come back. Because the people who don't know how to work and earn, they waste money most. They waste food. Thank you. Sometimes I see the food people are throwing into the dustbin. I said, they're ready. Because when I think of days when I could live for one week without food, up till today, I can't carry food and throw it away. I can't. I've seen hunger before. I've seen suffering. And go to rich people's home. You won't see food wasted. You won't see food where they plan how many people are eating. And just a little over. You say, oh, it's stinginess. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Take somebody to the restaurant. If you are the one paying, be assured. He will eat more than you. Let's finish up. Give me the verse 12 of John chapter 6. I believe I've made my point. Amen. I believe I've made my point. How much increase will come in your finances this year has nothing to do with how much you earn. Never forget that. Somebody may earn 1,000 a month and increase financially more than somebody who had 5,000 a month. The difference is management. So I'm not impressed about your paycheck. I'm not impressed about your paycheck. I'm not impressed about how much you earn. I'm impressed about how wisely you are managing the money and places where it's going. Where is the money going? Is it going to the right places? Is it going to place that five years from now, things will change? That is proper management of your life. God will come and do that one for you. Jesus didn't collect the leftovers. He said, you, all of you, that nothing be lost and wasted. Verse 13, I will end here. Next week we'll continue. Now, so accordingly, they gathered them up and they filled 12 small hand baskets with fragments left over by those who had eaten from the five. But don't take this scripture away, all right? Let it be on the screen. Everybody look at this. How many baskets did they gather? Can I tell you why? Can you guess why they had 12 baskets? Because, sorry? The disciples were 12. The disciples were how many? 12. So it means if they were 20, they would have gathered how many baskets? So it was not the bread that determined how much was left. It was the disciples who determined it. Now, a miracle is happening. Bread is multiplying. So the miracle stopped when the last basket was full. When the last basket got full, the miracle what? Stopped. And do you know why the miracle had to stop with the last basket? Because God hates waste. If there was still miracles after the last basket was full, why would they put it? There's nothing to put them. If there is more container to put them, the miracle would have continued. Now, not only 12 baskets. The Bible described the size of the baskets. He said they were what? Small. They were small. So two things is happening here. The disciples could have taken three baskets each. They are 12. You can't increase their number, but you can increase their capacity. Everybody say capacity. Yeah. So this year, the same grace flowing here is going to produce different results to the capacity of every individual. Some people can't take too much. Their mind will blow up. I'm telling you, there are people in this church, they can't handle one million Ghana cities. They will die. They will die like that, just like that. What are you talking about? One million Ghana cities? In fact, you won't see them in church right now. You see them going about, wondering what to do with it. Everybody say capacity. There was a big challenge here. It was a capacity challenge. So this year, I want to say that you need to dream big. It means give definition to the increase that you want. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 6. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse... This morning, I came to pray with somebody that God will increase your capacity. 
Now, do you know why sometimes when you meet people who get small money, it shows in the way they behave because their capacity is small. You see, there are some people, if you give them $100 million right now, I bet you, you will know their life is still the same. Their life is still what? Why? Because they can handle it. They have enough mental ability to handle it and still be stable and still live with one wife and still live with one wife and still live normal and find proper use for a hundred million dollars. Oh, some people can't, can't handle it. They say, ah, life is one. Life is one. And it's very short. What are you talking about? I have to enjoy life. I have to enjoy it. And the mind starts spinning, going around. How can we enjoy this money? Let's blow it. Then you start calling like-minded, frivolous friends who teach you how to blow it. The Lord is delivering somebody today. Yes. Wisdom and intelligence is coming today. Yes. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. This is a miracle that happened when Elisha wanted to save a widow from debt. The widow said, all I have is a little jar of oil. Elisha said, there's a miracle about to happen in the oil. Go and borrow containers. Elisha told him, don't borrow few. And this morning I came to tell somebody, dream big. Give me verse 3. Then he said, go borrow vessels from where? From where? Everywhere. Even if you don't have, borrow. From all your neighbors, empty vessels. Make sure you don't borrow vessels that is already full. Because if the vessel is full, the miracle cannot happen. It has to be what? An empty vessel. Then he went on and said, do not gather just a few. Elisha knew the dynamics of the miracle of supernatural provision. That God doesn't determine the amount that flows to you. You determine it by the capacity. Elisha knew it. So he told her exactly what she must do. There was detail to the instruction. Go everywhere, number one. Talk to your neighbors. Number two, make sure you get containers that are empty. Number three, make sure you get plenty of containers. Because this miracle, it won't be happening in your, life, in your house every day. Elisha said, that open door, that open window, you must maximize it. The oil didn't bring the miracle every day. So this deception that, oh, let's blow it, it will come again. It is foolishness. It is what? No, no, you are not saying it well. I didn't hear many men saying it. Because men are more guilty of this. Let's blow it, it will come again. What is life for? Let's, let's enjoy. It is foolishness. Listen, there must come a time where you enjoy. There must come a time when you enjoy. You have it too much. There comes a time. There's time for everything. There's time for luxury. Praise God. Verse 4. And when you come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. The, the woman did not even go out to look for vessels. He sent the son. Do you see? The woman who received the instruction, did not go out to look for containers herself. She sent the son, who did not even have an idea what the miracle was all about. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil stopped flowing. The miracle flowed until the last container was full. And it stopped. Because God will never continue the miracle if there is nothing to receive it. What I'm trying to say this morning is that 2022, don't limit God. Don't limit God. Somebody say, I will not limit God. Somebody say, I will not limit God. Somebody say, I will not limit God. You limit God when you dream small. Somebody say, I hear you. Psalm 78, verse 41. Psalm 78, verse 41. The Bible said there was a time the Israelites limited God. People, you, your attitude can limit God. Your dreams, your expectations, it can limit God. 
This year, don't limit God. And God, when you notice the flow of the supernatural, take advantage of the opportunity. Don't be moderate. Don't play around. Don't be too gentle. Be outrageous. Dream big. Dare something. Go all out. Make the best of it. Because you deserve the best. Don't let anybody tell you, oh, this one is enough. It's okay. This one. No, 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 no. Give me Luke chapter 5. Everybody listen. Because it's going to happen for somebody. Say amen to that. Now, if somebody make a mistake and took you to the garage and said, choose the car you like. Please, don't try to say, I am very humble. Please, be humble later. <laughs> be humble later. Choose a good car. That's what we are talking about. Opportunity is going to come. God won't give you what you did not desire. Give me verse 5. He will grant you the desire of your heart. So you must give your desires specific definitions. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. Stay at verse 6. Let me show you something. I think when God visits you with a miracle, you need to take a bigger net. You need to go with a bigger net and a stronger one. Peter's net began to break because more fish was coming in than the net could carry. Now, this is the same person who said, we have toiled all night. Brother Peter, if you have suffered this long and God is bringing provision, why are you trying to be little-minded in the name of humble? Little-mindedness is not humility. In fact, it is pride. Anything you do to make people see you are humble is pride. Humility is not something you do to show people. It's a life you live. It's people who tell you you are humble. Anytime you are trying to do something to make people see that, I am very humble. You are proud. You are proud. Don't apologize for your blessings. Today I'm preaching two contrasts. I'm preaching the place of you must know when to manage and you must know when to be outrageous. You manage when the resources have come. You are outrageous when the resources are now flowing in. When the resources are now flowing in, you must be outrageous. You must expect more. The net began to break. Verse 7. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came to fill both boats. But the problem was still there. So that the boats began to sink. The day of miracle almost became like disaster for Peter. And the problem was capacity. Do you know what it means for your boat to sink in the middle of the sea? It's a threat to life. But it was a day of miracle. It was, it was not supposed to bring disaster. But because they did not expect and prepare for what was coming, their net was breaking. The two boats were sinking. If I were Peter, I would have called more people and said, can I borrow your boat? You are not taking the fish away for free. I'm borrowing your boat. And I can bet you, study this miracle by the principle of supernatural provision. That day, if Peter had brought in 10 boats, all would have been filled with fish. All. Because when Jesus spoke, all the fishes in the sea started swimming towards Peter's boat, competing to find space inside. And the sad thing, the guy did not have a, even have a clue what was happening. He did not have a clue. All he was thinking about survival. Survival. One of the things I hate is survival-mindedness. Because survival-minded people think only about today. Life is not just about today. Life is not just about today. Life is about tomorrow. When God brings privilege and opportunity to you, think far. Think ahead. Think. Today, I came to talk about two important things. The first one is managing. The second one is dreaming big. Expect more. Have great desires. Nobody is arresting anybody for dreaming big. The only thing you are free to do and nobody will ever arrest you. Is dreaming big. And if you think people will laugh at you, keep it to yourself. It's not compulsory for me to tell you what I'm believing God for this year. In fact, you are not supposed to tell everybody your dream. Tell people who believe God with you. Tell people who have confidence in you and people who believe in you. But dream big. And for God's sake, give it a name. Give it a definition. State clearly what you are looking for. That's why I like prayer requests. That's why I like, always like to encourage people, write it down. Because a research conduct, conducted in Yale University said that People write down their goals belong to the top 3% of successful people. So, you know, long time before this research was conducted, the Bible said in Habakkuk 2 verse 2, write 
the vision. Write the vision. Write the vision. And make it plain upon tablets. This morning, I pray with somebody here. This year is going to be your best year. This year is going to be a great year for you. You will achieve much. Beyond your wildest imaginations, God is going to surprise you. Abundance is going to come your way. In the name of Jesus. God will provide beyond your wildest imagination. It is our year of increase. I believe with all my heart that God will fulfill this word in everyone's life. But I pray that you will not be left behind. I pray you will not be left behind in what God is doing. I pray you will be among the people who maximize. Whatever God is doing, you will be among the people. In the name of Jesus. Give me Isaiah, Isaiah 54 verse 2. This morning, I just wanted to pray for God to give you wisdom and intelligence to take advantage of opportunity. Everybody under the sound of my voice, that long-waited opportunity of your lifetime is coming for you this year. Yeah. A door will open for you this year that may never open again for the, for the rest of your life. Life will become a testimony. You want to pray for wisdom, intelligence. Grace to manage resources. Grace to manage opportunity. Grace to manage the things God brings into your life. In the name of Jesus. The second prayer, you want to pray that God will give you faith to believe God for big things this year. Amen. Faith to dare to attempt something big. I'm praying that God will grant us two things. The wisdom to manage and the faith to be outrageous in our desires and our expectations. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray over this. I pray your power that flowed on Calvary's cross will flow to every man and every woman. Let the sick be healed. Let the oppressed be set free. In the name of Jesus. Hope you've been blessed by today's message. You can contact Reverend Hubert on 030-340-7970 or 024-33-11201. Remain blessed.